Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media, episode 128, and the Brooklyn Nets have their second win of the young 2022-23 season, 116-109 over the Indiana Pacers. Kevin Durant obviously led the way, pretty much put the team on his back for most of this game. He had 34 points. Uh, I'm about to get the box score in front of me. I know he had 34 points. He had seven assists and nine rebounds in 39 minutes. Kyrie Irving, we'll talk about Kyrie at the end of the episode uh, in regards to him being in the headlines recently. He put up 28 points, six rebounds, six assists, four steals for Kyrie. Uh, He's pretty good in this game. He's been pretty good to start the season on on offense. Um, the third star today, as you hear someone cheer in the background for what I'm assuming is an Amari Cooper touchdown. Uh, our third star of the game was, was Nick Claxton. Our offense went stagnant in that third. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the game in a second. I just want to give you guys the, the overall stats. But Claxton really did a great job of, of holding us steady with, with a four-point lead in that third quarter. He had a few big dunks. He finished the game with 19 points, nine rebounds. I think uh, he officially passed Aaron Gordon, too, for most dunks in the league. Because he really? was one behind Aaron Gordon in like the third quarter, and I think he got two more. Uh, so he should be at 23 dunks on the season. Well, shout out to the Clax attack. Uh, he has been really nice to start this season, and actually he hit his free throws tonight. He was one of two. so he hit And they one. tried to hack a Clax at some point. They did. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I came into this, this uh, episode with a little bit more energy than I normally do because you and I are pretty tired, Nick. And I think a lot of our exhaustion, other than the fact that you have like nine jobs and you did a a sketch comedy show last night, I mostly blame myself at the Players Theater once a month. But this Nets team has been extremely exhausting. Thank you, Homer. My dog, the Corgi. This Nets team has been extremely exhausting to watch, Nick. They've just – they haven't had it. The chemistry hasn't been there through seven games. And I think it's fair that it's probably going to take some time. A lot of these guys haven't played together. But the effort hasn't been there. The intensity hasn't been there. They've been getting steamrolled by teams on defense. Their offense has been very inconsistent. Other than when KD and Kyrie need to get a bucket, there's there's no real identity to this offense. A lot of guys don't really know their roles yet. I'm talking Ben Simmons. I'm talking Royce O'Neal. I think Nick Claxton is really the only one who understands his role. Uh, Royce, O'Neal's, as Royce O'Neal has been stepping up in the past few games. I'll give Royce he- some credit. I will too, and he he had a really big big game in this one. Uh, only ten points for him, but eight rebounds. Played some really good defense down the stretch and hit a huge three um, in in the the last three four minutes to, to really put this game out of reach. Um, but no, what, what I'm trying to say is they've been tough to watch. Okay, you had a game against Dallas the other night that went to overtime. You could have won that game. You lost that game. You've been blown out by teams like Memphis. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks pretty much had their way with the Nets in that fourth quarter. And uh, they just haven't been able to get it going. And, and I'll tell you this, the most embarrassing moment of the season was that Saturday night loss against Indiana because they couldn't miss. And not only could they not miss, we did nothing to stop them. So tonight, the one thing that bothered me 
is you still let Chris Duarte drop a 30-burger on you. Guy was- we, let in, we let the team back. We let the Pacers come all the way back and tie it up at 100. And we were up, what, 20, 26 at some point, at one point? Yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, the largest lead was 24 points. 24? But I, I just, you know, this team is not built right now to beat teams by 20, 30 points. They're just not. Look, also, Indiana's- we have no closing offense. If you look, you know, it's like a tie game where we're up four, five minutes left in the game. Durant pulls up, misses a three. Kyrie pulls up, misses a three. Kyrie pulls up again, misses a second three in a row. Three possessions in a row. Why are we trying to like hit a hit a home run dagger to seal the deal? Work through your offense because it's been working all game. Get a good look. When we start moving the ball, when Watanabe drives and dishes, when we find Royce O'Neal in the corner, that's when we get big buckets. But like we talked about this offense being messy, we don't need iso ball. We don't need hero ball. We're lucky to have the superstars we have on the team, but that doesn't mean, hey, we need a big shot, huck something up. That stretch, I think we were up seven points where, you're right, KD missed a three and then Kyrie missed two threes. And the I way that Indiana... Early in the shot clock. The way that Indiana was scoring on the other end, Matherin was taking it to the hoop and he was getting and ones and he was getting jumpers and Halliburton oh, trying to take it to the hoop. Listen, Matherin has been phenomenal this season. He only had... I think 16 did he finish with? Yeah, 16 points on 6 of 12 from the field. Um, but he's a real player. He, he cooked us on Saturday night. Uh, their other leading scorer today was Buddy Heald with 22 points. Um, and Halliburton had 11 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Look, not saying there's nobody on this Pacers team. But I don't think that any of these Indiana Pacers are going to be all-stars. No, if they're you a young, dropped, up-and-coming, solid team. They're fine. If you had dropped two at home to this Pacers team, when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons did play one of those games, and we'll get into what he's done over the first few games, that would have been a really embarrassing loss. You would have been one in six. What I said to people before this game, I said they're going to win. They're, they're going to win. They're not going to lose two games to this team, but it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly, and they're going to need what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been giving them. I call this weird. a must win. I call this a must win game seven. Of an 82-game season. What is scary about a game like this is if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't hitting shots, it's a good chance the Pacers win this game. There really is. I mean, KD was 13-22 of from the field, 8 of 8 from the line. Sorry, he finished with 36, not 34. My apologies. 36 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Irving was 9 of 19 from the field. So both guys shot... A little bit over 50%, but they were perfect from the line. Kyrie was 6-6 six six from the line. But if one of them stumbles, if one of them slips up, Nick, this team's going to lose. That's a little scary. I know. It is scary. I mean, that's why we need those other guys. Joe Harris hit some big shots. I loved his energy on defense today. Dude, was oh, my God. And I'll tell you one thing I might have not have said before this game or before this season. Claxton bitched Miles Turner. Like, okay, I would have well, normally said to you, I prefer yeah. Miles Turner. After tonight, I take Claxton. So, okay, first thing I want to talk about Joe Harris, defensive player of the year candidate? There was one play where Halliburton, I think, drove or Matherin, and he, like, significantly fouled him, like, four times, <laughs> and they didn't call it. And he, It was like, everyone's a like, great defensive play. I was like, all right, I think he's hip-checked him and slapped both his arms. Listen, I'm not saying – He's going to get nominated for defensive player of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, back to the Miles Turner, Nick Claxton thing. 
Miles Turner was asked about like the Lakers a few days ago, and he basically said like, "Yeah, like they should probably make the trade for me." So I don't think he's very motivated as a Pacer right now. I think he's kind of like, "I've been here for a while. This team is rebuilding. I'm, I'm a veteran at this point. Put me on a team with LeBron." So I, I don't, remember- I don't think he was the most motivated to play well in this game. That's fine, but Claxton, nineteen and nine, crushed his seven and five. His energy, everything. So. That may be true, but I'm a firm believer. If you love the game of basketball, no matter whether you want to trade or not, you're given every game your all. And Claxton was a better all-around basketball player than Miles Turner was tonight. Yeah, you're absolutely Buzzcut right. Claxton, man. Buzzcut Claxton is a force. Um, how are we on the rebounding battle? Overall? Yeah. Uh, how many – I mean, did we beat them? We yeah, rebounded them by one, 39 to 38. Uh, against the Pacers, but they out-rebounded us 10-6 to offensively. So that's another thing I want to point out. Um, Sean Marks, please go get one more big. Please. Because you can't just depend on Nick Claxton to rebound the ball every single time, and nobody else has to rebound. I mean, you're lucky KD gave you what? I said nine. He gave you nine rebounds tonight for Kevin Durant. Um Royce and what we don't eight. need, it, what we don't want, is Dayron being the first guy off the bench. I love Dayron, okay. but I saw him coming off in that first quarter, and I was like, "Really? That's that's our first guy." I didn't love that. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and it's it's a little weird because you know they interviewed Dwight Howard recently. He basically said, "Yeah, I talked to the Nets, I I approached them, and they want a big guy who can shoot." And he's like, "That's really weird because last year they had Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge, and the year before that they had um, Jeff Green." And it's like, you know, they've tried that. Didn't work. Maybe they should try me as a backup center. I think Dwight would be a great fit here. Yeah, uh, but for some reason, Sean doesn't want him. Boogie's still out there. DeMarcus Cousins does not have a team. I've said it numerous times. I would welcome DeMarcus Cousins past his prime minutes over a young, raw Dayron Sharp who, let's face it, he's just not ready for this role on, on a playoff team. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, that, and I thought that's a glaring weakness through, through our first six games. I do too. I, I think Dwight would be big. We I don't think we need a big that could Seven shoot. Games. I mean, here's my thing, what I like that we're doing. I like Watanabe. He's 6'8". He's a big dude who can rebound, play defense, and stretch the floor. What I like is when we go with that tall lineup, right? When we have Simmons, Durant, Claxton, and Watanabe, everyone is over is 6'8 or over in that lineup. So I think we're going for kind of that hybrid 3-4 uh, uh, small forward, power forward type players, which is an effective rebounding lineup. But when we go small, when we have Royce, Kyrie, and Joe Harris, we, we need another big. If Durant and Claxton are both not in there, I don't feel good about rebounding. I don't feel good about stopping people from second chance opportunities and putbacks. I think Dwight would be a great pickup. That's a funny move to me. That doesn't really make sense. We focus so much on shooters a lot of the time. We don't need any more. We, we already have Seth Curry and Joe Harris, who are practically the same player. We have Patty Mills, who's not going to get much time, but he's literally just a three-point specialist veteran at this point. So, yeah, I disagree with that move on Marks. I'd love to see Dwight or Boogie. Um, Yuta Watanabe, really good minutes tonight. He actually has been a very nice player off the bench for the Nets this, this season. Um, five points for him, two of four from the field. He had a three. Uh, he was a minus 16, which isn't the best. But I thought he, he played great down the stretch in that fourth quarter. He had that assist to Royce O'Neal, uh, a few rebounds down the stretch. I, I like the way he plays. And I'll tell you this, Nick, we have a lot of guys in this team who aren't necessarily the most 
gifted players offensively and Royce O'Neal and Yuta Watanabe, but they're aggressive and they attack and they go to the hoop. And I love that about both of them. Here's what I'll say one thing about the only difference between this game against the Pacers and last game against the Pacers roster-wise, right, is we didn't have Ben Simmons in his last game against the Pacers. And I'll tell you what, that opened the door for Royce O'Neal to just get, not only just get more burn, but just to literally have the ball in his hands more, shoot more threes, dish it more, be a distributor. It gave more burn to Watanabe, who's now coming in here, a little size off the bench, a little more movement. And listen, I know we can go back and forth on Simmons not shooting the ball forever, but Royce is a potential three-point threat. Watanabe is a potential threat driving the ball. When you got Simmons, a lot of the time you're playing five defenders on four shooters because you know Simmons really isn't going to put anything up. So I'm not going to even compare Royce O'Neal, Watanabe uh, to any Simmons talent-wise. But right now, offensive threat-wise, I almost like those guys getting more burn when Simmons is out because we're stretching the floor and we just have more people who are not afraid to shoot the ball. So I want Simmons on the team. I want Simmons to be a a contributor. I love Simmons, but he's got to get to a place where we feel confident with him on the court or else the distribution tonight looked better than it did when Simmons was there. I know Simmons is going to get enough time and minutes to get his assists, but it's a different lineup. It's a different feel with him on there. So I have three uh, comments on your entire analysis right there. Uh, number one, like that you're using this term, give them more burn. I think that's really cool. I'm going to start using that if it's okay with you. I, 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 it is. And I'm looking now. O'Neal didn't really get more time. He, he got 37 minutes in both games, but just more so ball in his hand. So my second comment, um, I was going to bring this up, and it's funny you did, but Nets are one and five with – no, I'm sorry. Yeah, one and five with Ben Simmons. They're one and oh without him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's an interesting stat right there. Undefeated when Ben Simmons does not suit up. Uh, and then the third comment was how do we talk about your boy, Edmund Sumner, coming in? I, I mean, he didn't do much in this game, but again, I, I talked about, you know, Watanabe and, and Royce O'Neill going to the hoop. Sumner comes in, he gave him six points. He he goes to the rack and he gets fouled. He was four or four from the line. He hit one layup, one assist. Um, but yeah. like th- those, those three guys, they go to the hoop more than Ben Simmons. It's just, I know. It, it's I like Sumner. Sumner was on the Pacers before he tore his Achilles. Yes. He, we know we talked about this a couple pods ago. He was a guy who was starting to get seven, eight points a game off the bench. If he could start doing that for us, that's huge, man. That's more than Patty Mills can provide right now. I, yeah. I'm, I'm saying when Seth's healthy, right? When Morris is fully getting minutes, when all these guys are coming back mentally, we're here, you know, depth we're here i like sumner getting that 12 to 15 burn you like that i said burn again getting like yeah no 12. burn's cool it's a cool thing to say and getting six to eight points and he's not afraid man and he's a guy he's still a young guy he can come into his own he can keep developing so i like that i like that move i'm hoping these veteran guys can kind of groom him a little bit get him to a point where he's more confident and he's scoring more yeah i think once seth comes back you're gonna see him eat up a chunk of those minutes at one of the guard positions i think that sumner and patty mills like you said are gonna have to fight for minutes uh, I think it just depends on the moment. If you want the, the the veteran chucking up threes in there who can make smart decisions, throw Patty in there. You want the young kid who, who's who's got another gear who can get to the basket, put in Sumner. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the final thing I'll say about this game, what did you think of the fight anti-Semitism shirts in the front row? Listen, I, I know I appreciate that. I know you and I are both Jewish, and 
the past couple, uh, I guess not couple weeks, but week or so, has been a little frustrating as a Nets fan wanting to support Kyrie because he, like you said, has been an offensive juggernaut. He's been crushing it. But then again, some controversial decisions, some things he said, uh, you know, that, that tweet that he has since taken down um, after Joe Sy and the entire world told him to do it, which he didn't want to do. But I, I appreciate the fight anti-Semitism, bro. I mean, that's something we should all we should all believe in and we should all get behind. That should be a universal belief. Um, so, and listen, I'm only going to still stand by Kyrie being more ignorant than anti-Semitic. I'm hoping he just didn't really know what he was talking about. I'm hoping he didn't look into it, do his research, and he probably feels pretty dumb right now, as he did when he claimed the earth was flat. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, because um, not a lot of people were educated on, on the whole history Um of that film and the people it promotes. So yeah, very well said by you. Uh, like you said, we are Jewish. Um, you know, I've, I've put out a few tweets recently regarding my opinion on this. You want to check it out, go to fireside Twitter. Uh, shout out to the BK glue guys, uh, the athletics Brooklyn Nets podcast. They did the service of reading the book that the documentary is based on and then watching the documentary. Um, good on them because they, you know, gave me a perspective. I listened to their last podcast. Check it out. It's a very anti-Semitic documentary. It's a very anti-Semitic book. Uh, Hitler's quoted in the documentary, uh, and it's not in a, a very negative light. So, yeah, just. But just what's a lot Hitler of saying? Is it like something bad about the Jews, or is he just talking about like his diet or something? It was something about the Jews. Normally, those are Got the it. Okay. quotes okay. from Hitler that stick out. Um, no, it's it's disgusting. It's you know, and and. I was very disappointed in Kyrie um, for, for that post. That's just how I felt. I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, but I don't want to talk about it too much. I just – it sucked. It sucked to see. It was a shitty time. And you saw a lot of people – I don't know if they listened to the show, but came out and commented on a few of our posts basically pushing back and defending Kyrie and uh, basically telling me that I was wrong. So just very sad to see that. Disheartening. Sorry, don't get very serious on the show a lot, but you know it, it's it's a topic that's very close to us. And uh, I will say, I, I will say, a, a, a person. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Hate against one group of people. It doesn't have anything to do with hatred and bigotry towards another group of people. Racism, anti-Semitic, they're all acts of of hatred and discrimination, but they're much different. And to try to say, well, you went through this, but we went through that, it's it's not black and white like that. It, it's it's a very, very, uh-huh, very – I see what you did there. No, no, no. It's just it, – you know, it's a million colors. It's like a spectrum of discrimination. And until we as a society can understand that and respect, you know, one group's trials and tribulations and discrimination they go through versus another group, then we'll be in a much better place. But until then, this was just sad to see. I give the guys credit for wearing the, the you know, anti-anti-Semitism shirts. That's not – that would be Semitism. <laughs> Jesus. I am thankful for those guys. I, I just read that they went back and forth with Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but basically they said, here we go. Aaron Jungris was one of the guys. He had a fight anti-Semitism shirt on. And he said that we told him, Kyrie, we love him anyway, even though we know he hates us. He said Irving told the eight fans in those shirts that he appreciates them, but he said it sarcastically. Weird. Take that how you will. All right. Well, good stuff. Important stuff. But I want to say something about this basketball team. Aren't you excited 
for when Seth Curry comes back and we could have a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, KD, and Claxton. We're a little smaller lineup, but that has to be one of the best shooting lineups in the league if Kyrie, Seth, Joe, and KD are all healthy. Can't defend, can't rebound. I don't care. We won't miss. Yeah, we'll outscore. It will be like the Warriors when they won, what, like 2015, where they just like outscored everyone, but it was like 160 to 130. Really quick, we're going to go through the other games. Actually, normally we'd go all the way back to the first game that we didn't cover from last episode, so that was Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. But we're just going to go from each game before this game. So we'll start with Pacers and Nets on Saturday, 125-116. Nick, give me one word to describe this game. Unwatchable. Pathetic. Okay, that covers that. We go Nets versus Mavericks. Mavericks won in overtime, 129 to 125 what was your takeaway one word from this game let's think think really hard about this disappointing okay you ready for my word yeah luca okay that's not that's a name but i guess it's a word okay and then finally nets versus bucks bucks beat the nets 110 to 99 they put up 32 points to the nets 23 points in the fourth quarter Giannis Antetokounmpo had 43 points 14 rebounds he just loves to beat the crap out of the nets one word to describe this game nick half we played a great first half and then forgot how to play in the second half we played one half of basketball all right yeah we ready for my word half asked yo easy with the language my word is uh, expected. This team is, is not going to beat teams like Milwaukee yet. They're just not. Guys like Giannis and, and Drew who have been playing together. Lopez has been there. He's a champion. You insert a dirty birdie like Grayson Allen to come in and trip guys. You still have Bobby the muscle man Portis on that team. It was expected that we would lose that game. Uh, Nets right now are two and five. Our two wins are against the Pacers and the Raptors. Uh, what are the next few games coming up, Nick? We have the Bulls tomorrow, actually, and that is home. Next few games, we've got the Bulls tomorrow. That's Tuesday, the November 1st at 7.30. We're at the Wizards Friday, November 4th at 7. And we're Saturday at November 5th. We are at the Hornets also at 7. So we're hitting the road after this Bulls game for two games, for three games, then we're at Mavs the seventh. So, listen, Bulls, tough team, but we're that's winnable. Wizards should be an easy win. Hornets, tough team, but winnable. And then hopefully we can get some redemption on those Mavs. And then Wednesday, November 9th, Nets, Knicks. That's going to be a big game, Nick. Uh, yeah, I think that the Nets have a real opportunity here with these next few games. To basically, you know, they can get close to 500. I, I think these next four games, Chicago, Washington, Charlotte, all winnable. You saw them go to overtime against Dallas on the second half of a back-to-back. And then, you, like you said, you have New York on the ninth. So you can get to maybe, I don't know, was that one, two, three, four, five, five games. Let's say you take three out of two. So then you're what? You're five and eight. Nah, I think you can take four on four and one. So what's four plus? It would be six and six, right? I think the Nets can get to six and six. I, I got faith, but I'll tell you this defense, Swiss cheese, offense gets stagnant. Simmons has to be more aggressive. Nobody knows if he's the same athlete. 
Very, very scary that he hasn't been moving the way you want a guy to be moving. Is he coming off of back surgery? Yes. Obviously, that's that's going to limit you physically. Um, but if he's not being his aggressive self and he's not there athletically, I, I mean, are we doing him a disservice? Like, we were so – I saw this on Twitter. I don't want to steal whosoever comment this was, so I'm not taking credit for it. I'm giving someone else credit. We were so quick to put Simmons back in the lineup and play him. But Seth and Joe Harris – we were very cautious about why is that? I don't know. You don't know. You're not a medical guy. All right. It's getting late. Me and Nick are exhausted. Like I said, we're tired of this team. We're tired of the bullshit. Uh, I am not going to apologize for talking about the anti-Semitic stuff. It's near and dear to our hearts. And you know, you have a choice with this kind of stuff. You either shy away from it and you ignore it or you face it head on. And I think throughout the two years of me and Nick doing this podcast, when it comes to controversy, when it comes to racial issues, when it comes to, to any topic that is a little bit uncomfortable, I think me and Nick have been able to approach it and give our opinions on it. Uh, we're not scared about how we think or, or what we believe in. So I just want to put that out there. Nick, anything to add? Amen. Uh, no. Amen. All right. At the end of the day, we all root for the Nets. We love all the Nets players, even if they disappoint us sometimes. Love's a strong word. We watch them. But we're here to root this team on. We're 2-5 and five right now. There's a chance we can start to build this chemistry. The Nets did have a players only meeting. I'm heard it went well. I heard it went, I've from what I've heard, it went well. So that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm Spen. He's my brother, co-host, and one of the best friends I've ever had to this day, Nick. And that's not just because we're blood related. Thank you for listening to another edition of one of the best Nets podcasts in the entire fucking world. Nick, take it away. Yeah, <laughs>